In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is G. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 33rd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We have five things for you today and a couple of visitors, Devondre Campbell and Coach Dan Quinn. We're going to talk about Sean Payton, the battle of the backs. The stat breakdown, which is going to be very important for this one. A few milestones and an injury report before we wrap up with a few words from head coach Dan Quinn about how he tries to psychologically prepare the team. We'll title this one, The 97th Meeting of the Falcons and the Saints. First off, Coach Sean Payton, when we discussed with him, on Thursday, the choke sign that he made to Devontae Freeman, he expressed some regret. And he also felt that, you know, he just got caught in a moment. He lost it. Uh, he was frustrated with the officiating. And he said he felt bad about it. It really hurt his play call in the rest of the game. And uh, he felt bad about it for a week. He just, you know, he really respects Devontae and the Falcons and Coach Quinn, he said. And he regretted uh, getting caught up in the game like that. Uh, my guys in New Orleans. Uh, Jazz Katzenstein told me that he just likes to trash talk and uh, uh, he was seen talking to players against the Jets game last week so coach just gotta I mean uh, stay poised and so forth and he, he pointed that out that you know they're talking to the players about staying poised but you know he, he got lost up in the game and uh, at least he was truthful about it uh, didn't own it immediately after the game, said he couldn't remember what happened. But uh, in retrospect, uh, he came back and did own up to it and res- expressed some regret. So it is a rivalry, and he said, hey, you know, it's really big when uh, – <clears throat> Both of the teams are playing for something, and they are now. The Saints are 10-4, and four, Falcons 9-5, and five. the Falcons have a chance to wrap up a playoff berth, and they are expecting a battle when they go down to New Orleans on Sunday in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Here's Devondre Campbell talking about that battle for you. It just means that everything that we already did is kind of fresh in our heads. But even then, you still we still got to go through the same process and just prepare like we haven't played them before. Is there a sense of the rivalry, now that you get a taste of it now in your second year, Devon Gray, that it uh, kind of went to another level in the last game? Are you expecting it could be pretty heated on Sunday? Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's a divisional game, man. Every time you play that second time around, it's always more heated, especially for the team that lost. You know, you, you don't want to lose twice, especially not a divisional game, so I'm definitely expecting things to be really physical and a little bit heated, you know, it's just a lot on the line right now. A lot on the line, no question about it. Thanks from Devondre Campbell for stopping by the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. The battle of the backs, that's going to be a big one here. The Falcons may get Coleman back, but the Saints have their backs, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. 
the fine running back from Norcross High here in suburban Atlanta up in Gwinnett County, a former AJC High School Player of the Year in 2012. We've been on him for a while. A lot of people didn't know about him as he bounced around from Alabama to Tennessee in the college ranks and never was the featured back. But he's doing his thing right now. He's got 68 catches for for the Saints. He's a spread back, speed back, averaging almost 10 yards a pop uh, when he gets the ball in his hands. So the the uh, Saints backs have amassed 2,756 yards from scrimmage and 23 touchdowns. Both are going to the Pro Bowl. The Falcons' backs are, you know, mighty productive. As you can say, the Saints might be copying their uh, the way they're built. Freeman and Coleman have combined for 1,800 yards from scrimmage and 14 touchdowns. Of course, you know, Freeman did miss three games and Coleman missed one. Uh, but even when you break it down per average per game, the, the Saints' backs are, are a little bit more productive this year. Let's look at the stat breakdown. It's uh, it's telling us here that, hey, it's a couple uh, areas where the Falcons have to succeed and a couple where they're going to be at a disadvantage. Uh, the Saints have the number one offense in the league at 401.5 yards a game. Uh, the biggest matchup here in, in the Saints offense against the Falcons defense is uh, the passing game. The Saints have the uh, uh, number four passing attack going against the number 12 passing defense. Uh, that's an advantage. New Orleans the Falcons will have to, to play a little bit tighter here and uh, get after the quarterback to uh, make that. Uh, that eight-point eight spread uh, not show up much. And that's also the one versus nine, the number one total offense against the number nine defense. So eight, eight rankings, eight spots. That's an advantage, New Orleans, on the offensive side of the ball. Now, the last time the, the Falcons negated that by winning the time of possession battle. They kept the Saints off the field, held them to a season-low 306 yards, season-low 17 points, and a season-low 50 yards rushing. Of course, Kamara was knocked out of that game early off a hit by Deion Jones, had a concussion, and did not return. So that's one of the things the numbers tells us about the Saints offense against the Falcons defense. When you flip it around and look at the uh, Saints defense versus the Falcons offense, the Falcons have an advantage in the run game. They are uh, eighth at 122.9 yards a game against the 18th ranked run defense at 115 a game. Uh, So, you know, that time possession deal will come in handy. We might see some more Ward F. If Coleman can't make it back, Ward ran very well against Tampa Bay, 8 for 40. And, of course, Devontae had a season-high 126 yards. So, fully expect the Falcons to come out and try to power this ball at the Saints. Linebacking core, that's not very talented. They have a bunch of reserves out there, uh, including Manti Teo at middle linebacker. And so expect the Falcons to attack that. Don't really expect a uh, aerial show down in New Orleans from the Falcons. So that's where their advantage is. Then they have a slight advantage in the passing game. Uh, Atlanta's offense is uh, 10 
243.9, whereas the Saints are seventh, uh, 213.4. So Saints got to have a slate pass advantage there. So you don't want to attack the secondary. You want to attack that run defense. And the Falcons certainly did that the last game. Devontae had 24 for 91. Coleman got knocked out of that game. So um, I think, you know, if Coleman can get back, you know, he should be able to, to take his regular load. But, you know, you, your comfort, uh, the Falcons should have some comfort in the fact that Ward is running pretty good right now, too. So uh, you got the running game. You're going to need to try to ride that to the to this victory and wrap up the playoff spot. Okay. Milestones coming up for the Falcons. We're going to move on to that. Uh, to Karis McKinley's two sacks away from the franchise rookie record. Set by Ron Pitts. Julio needs one catch to move into second place on the all-time reception list. He's at 753, tied with Terrence Mathis. He needs one more to get to 754. A couple other uh, things. Matt Ryan needs 610 yards passing over the final two games to post his seventh consecutive 4,000-yard season. And you know that with them needing to lean on the run here, they might he might uh, uh go into the finale needing a uh, you know close to 400 yards. Freeman needs 194 to post his third consecutive thousand yard season. And I know the Falcons hope he can get all of that down to New Orleans. They might need it uh, if he can get 194. That means they're running a lot of clock and they're pounding. That Saints defense. So we'll see uh, how many other players get to their milestones this this week. Now we got an injury update for you all that um, Andy Lavitre returned to practice yesterday. So did Coleman in a limited basis. Tevin Coleman, he's in the fourth stage of the concussion protocol. The next stage will be contact to see if he. Uh, doesn't have any uh, setbacks from his concussion and then clearance. So he's getting near the end there. Uh, Muhammad Sanu is on the injury report with a knee. He was limited. Julio Jones did not practice yesterday with an ankle injury and a thumb injury. So uh, that's the state of the team. That's pretty good uh, injury-wise. Nothing on – Justin Hardy, we saw him leave with a wrapped shoulder, but uh, nothing, uh, just probably with some precautionary ice there. Now, we're working on a story today that's going to appear on Sunday because, you know, I know you all have been hearing all the guys talking about we only worried about this week. It's only one game at a time. We can't really focus on the playoffs, and, you know, we, we can't look at the big picture. And um, it occurred to me that came from somewhere and, uh, you know, coaches, uh, you know, married to that, but there had to be a backstory to it about the psychology of the preparation of your football team. And so, um, in a one on one interview with Coach Quinn, we discussed the, the psychology of the one game at a time and being mindful about it. And I want to share a little bit of that with you in advance of the uh, Sunday story that will be posted uh, some point Friday on myajc.com and then in your Sunday paper. I uh, hope I get on the front page with this one. It's a, I think it's going to be a good story. Here's Coach Quinn. Good story on uh, uh, the um, 
psychology behind uh, you know keeping them focused on one one game at a time, one game at a time. Where, where did you first or you found that that's worked right. best for you over the years? That's a good question. Um, I would say probably um, there's been. You know, you've heard that for years. Right. I think um, the guy who probably, you know, as a mentor to me, had the biggest impact on me was Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like he was probably the first coach that really, you know, had talked to me about mindfulness and staying just mm-hmm. right into it. Mm-hmm. And so as I, you know, developed my own philosophy mm-hmm. um, and made sure, like, could we just own this process today? Uh-huh. And that's really, like, we go through this process, let you know. So mm-hmm. Monday, mm-hmm. that's our tell the truth and uh the purpose behind that is let's clear it all right there's coach quinn discussing how he prepares the team psychologically then he goes into i don't want to give away too much of the story but he breaks down for me each day what he's trying to do where he wants the team to be at what he wants to say to the players uh how he um you know, receives the feedback from from their conversations. It was just a uh, interesting interview with uh, you know that goes behind the cliche of uh, you know one game at a time and and, and so forth. So hopefully we can deliver that to you uh, in in great fashion for the Sunday story leading into this big battle against the New Orleans Saints. With that, we're going to wrap up the 33rd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We certainly thank you all for subscribing and downloading on iTunes and going to our new AJC podcast page for the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Take care and enjoy the game on Sunday at 1 p.m. from the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.